This is Darren Curry, and you're listening to Bees Pod. Come on, you bees! Right, so good evening, everybody, to a special live Bees Pod uh, with myself, Mem, and my co-host, Ian Bostrill. Sorry, a bit of a lag there, Mem, already. Speed start. <laughs> and we have two great guests today. We have ex Barnet manager, coach, academy manager. What other jobs have you done, Rossi, at Barnet? I've done loads. I even washed kit for a while as well, so you could put me down for that. Okay, yeah, so Rossi Eames, and, um, and we have a Barnet, Barnet's, um, if there was, you know, air miles or, you know, road miles, you know, cards you could get, Carla would have filled them up a million times over. Carla Devine, um, and also you were the winner of an award, weren't you, recently? Yeah, um, the Barnet FC Supports Award, uh, which is lovely, Grazioli presented it, so that was really nice, and I definitely wasn't expecting it, so yeah, that was lovely. Oh, fantastic, fantastic, well, congratulations. And Thank you. So tonight, we're gonna, it's going to be an hour. It's going to be fun-packed. We're going to have um, additional guests as well. We're going to have John Lewis and Charlie Casson and Loudmouth going to join us a bit later. We're going to cover quite a bit today. So we're going to try and cover some of players leaving, the summer lockdown months, talk about squad and any predictions for Saturday's game against Yeovil, which some people think that we've been a bit lucky and other people think um, we, we fully deserve it. So I suppose to give it, you know, in terms of the summer lockdown, Rossi, how, how's your summer lockdown been for you? What, what, what have you been up to? Uh, well, it's been busy with work anyway, but it's been pretty boring. And like, like I said to you guys, um, I'm not a very interesting man anyway. So me and my own company for 12 weeks, it's been, it's been pretty boring. And I'm glad the Premier League come back on to watch a bit of football. Um, I've just moved to Surrey as well in a flat. I don't know anyone around here. So I'm literally like an alien around here at the moment. So, um, but it's been all right. You know, work's busy, which I'm, which I'm happy with. That's great. And so, what are you actually doing now, Rossi? So, my my official role is a recruitment player recruitment coordinator for yep. Brighton over Albion, um, and I I over kind of oversee London from under sevens up to under sixteens. Um, it's, it's been a while since you left, isn't it? Now, it's um, was it three three years now? Maybe three I mean, years. Yeah, yeah, it's flying by. Mm. Absolutely flying by. Um, I had a little stint at Chelsea for seven months as well after yep. leaving Barnet um, and a role come up at Brighton which is an exciting project it's an exciting club apologies Mem because I know you're an Arsenal fan but yeah it was lovely when Mopai scored in the last minute <laughs> um, so yeah uh, what about you Carla what have you been doing during lockdown um, I mean at the start of lockdown I saw all my uni work to do so um it was kind of hard to get motivation for that, but not going to lie, since I've been watching football, watching Netflix, like, just being a teenager, really. <laughs> so was that just get, having loads of parties when you're supposed to be in lockdown? No, I've been social distancing. I've just been spending a lot of time in my bed watching TV. Because as well, because I'm in Leeds now, like, I've got my mum and dad to make my meals, do the shopping, so kind of enjoying being looked after again. Oh. What about you, Ian? I've hardly seen you, mate. Yeah, it's it's been a busy time. Um, I obviously work in a school that's that's uh, been quite tricky for the last few few months, and a lot of work there with kids and parents and carers and so on and so forth. Um, but it's been nice actually to take, take a step away from football for a little bit, and you know I did enjoy you know a little bit of a break from it. But coming back, it's very excited to get back, and I look forward to 
learning from Rossi and Carter a little bit about what they think is going to happen over the next well, the next few days, really, and, and maybe beyond that as well. I mean, guess, first of all, Rossi, from your perspective, um, and, and then we'll come to Carla, we, this is a bit of an unprecedented time um, in terms of you know, being off with uh, essentially a mid-season break and then for Barnett coming back to basically play the biggest of cup finals after a few months off. Um, I guess just putting yourself into sort of Darren's shoes, what sort of things and messages and, and sort of strategies do you think he would have been working on over the past few months? Is it a case of just prioritising fitness over everything else? Is this a sort of one-off game you can't really prepare for like other games? What sort of things would you be trying to do um, if you were Darren, sort of leading up into into Saturday, Rossi? Uh, well, I think I think during the lockdown, I think the biggest thing would have been just to make sure everyone's all right. Um, it's one thing we've done as staff, with our own staff, is make sure everyone's welfare is is good and everyone, you know their families are safe and healthy because it is it's been a horrible time for a lot of people, and I guess. What, you know, when you when you when you come back, you want the players to be fit as possible. The players that I know in that in in that squad, from from when they were in my time there, that they would have kept themselves fit over the over the periods. You know, there's young players there that are, got good pro professional shoulders and uh, heads on their shoulders now, and they would have looked after their bodies. They would have made sure that they they did their bits that what, what was ever given to them. And um, I'm pretty sure that. They came in their first day of of this like mini preseason before the playoffs games, um, fit and ready for Darren, I guess. And do you, do you find in your experience, Rossi? Sometimes we hear this phrase sort of match fit versus non match fit. Is there any substitute for for sort of minutes in the legs? We've seen with the Premier League coming back that the tempo was a little bit slower, certainly in the first few games. Do you think that Saturday's game will naturally be at a lower tempo, or do you think that that fitness will? will sort of match and lead to a slightly higher level of intensity than, than say, a normal game would be? Um, I'm, sure, I'm sure it'll play a part. I'm sure there'll be moments in the game where it's going to be, one, everyone's going hammering tongs, and there'll be times when you sit off and try and reserve your energy a little bit in terms of the state of the game. But, you know, there'll be a lot of adrenaline, I guess, from both sides. Both teams, I think, will be chomping a bit to get on that pitch, regardless of the, the, the points per game system. You look at the run that Darren and the team were on beforehand, that's incredible, you know, and, and fair play to all of them players and Darren and the staff and that. That's, was it one one defeat in 17 matches, was it? Is that the... Yeah, something like that, yeah. That's fantastic, you know, and they deserve to be up there. And I really, really hope they do it. And, um, and last one, I guess, Rossi, is always a bit of a cliche among football managers about, you know, trying to play the game and not the occasion. In this situation, what sort of messages do you think you'd be trying to give to the score? Would it be around trying to treat this as a normal game or do you think under circumstances you've just got to play this as a one-off occasion? Um, I, watched, um, I watched the Northampton playoff games and in the final one, I think, I think Keith Cole said it was uh, it's a sprint, not a marathon. And that's the analogy he used for, you know, OK, they lost the first game against Cheltenham, but then they beat them in the second leg. And they went on and deserved winners. And I think it'll be, it, it depends on every manager how they want to do it. Um, I think you've got to, you've probably got to treat every game as a cup final. But always keep enough in reserve to get to that final that you're going to do the same thing. But also give the same messages given all season. Like, like yeah. I said, that 17 uh, game streak, you've got to keep the messages that you've had, you know, keep that consistency. And just a couple of questions for Carla uh, before I hand back to you, man. 
Um, Carla, obviously you've been a, a super fan for the bees, not just seasons, but seasons before that. Did you notice in that sort of 17 game run or have you noticed the progression over the course of the season that, that seen the team improve or do you feel that it's just now the results are coming and the performances have always been there? So do you think in recent games there has been a, a real improvement and do you expect that to continue on Saturday? Um, I think it's a bit of both because obviously, I mean, I am known as the positive one. So maybe this is a bit biased for me that I've always seen it in the team. But for me personally, I think we have always had quality in the team. It's just really about us using it and I think especially at the start of the season I often said we had no threat up front but then we've shown here's what Akinola 17 goals Walker 15 so we've had them like not even just this season so it proves they can do it but maybe at the start of the season like for some reason it wasn't happening so I think they've always had the ability and the team has always been able but I think I don't know if it's something like that Darren's drilled into them as a team and then obviously we got Loach and Dunning and Pavey and then later on McCallum so the new additions to the team or whatever but I think the last 17 games you definitely saw I remember actually at um, Harrogate away and even though we lost after that game I said that that was a turning point and I something clicked then where I thought this is just different to what I've seen before and I do think since then whilst we haven't won every single game since then I think I have seen an improvement and not just play-wise, but it's like the team believe they can do it now. And the momentum keeps on going, obviously, because we've lost, like, what, one game in 17 or whatever. So when you've got that momentum and the players believe in each other and the manager, I think it all kind of comes together and then they're like, oh, we can really do this. I was going to say, it's been interesting that some players have some players have really stepped up. Other players have come out of nowhere. So, like you said, uh, Josh Walker has has come, you know, come out of nowhere and he's scored fifteen goals. But the one player that seems to have really stepped the season, and I, uh, he was one of your signings, wasn't he, Rossi? Uh, Simeon Akinola. Yeah. Uh, what do you? How do you sort of, from your perspective? Obviously, you you signed him because obviously you you know you, you obviously rated him. But has he even surprised you this season with how many goals he scored? No, I wouldn't say surprise me because he did it for Braintree back in the in in the in the conference then under under Danny and, and uh, under Danny and um, Nicky. So you always knew the quality was there. Um, I think with Sim, it was always about getting the consistency. You know, Sim's a very deep thinker. He, he loves the game. He's a very intelligent man, and you know, it was only time that he was going to click and get that consistency going in terms of in one scoring goals, having that confidence. Because I think he's taken a lot of penalties this year as well. Yep. Yeah, not a lot of penalties, but he's taken a few penalties and you know puts them away. And he, apparently, he's got a bit of a John Akinde technique to him, which is a which is a hard technique. But you know what you get with Sim is is one the the pace and speed and agility of him, but also you know the one v ones that we jinx fast players. But he can also pull that something special out of the out of the hat. And you know we've seen it with his overhead kicks. We've seen it with some of the goals he scored. I think the Yeovil goal in League Two when we played him at home, uh, the one all draw. You know, he bent, bent it in top corner, early doors. So Sim has that quality in him. And it's just been consistent this year, I think. Which I is think the it. other thing um, with Sim was, you know, when he got injured at Morecambe, ever since then, I think he couldn't really get a like proper run of games because he was picking up knocks here and there. Whereas this season, he's managed to keep pretty much injury-free. So, like, he's had the run to be able to, like, build up the consistency and the confidence to keep it up. Yeah, uh, definitely. And... Um, I think again, you've got to give credit to uh, to Darren and the staff and the players around him, how good he's been this year. Because 
it's for the players to give them the ball. And it's, you know, it's the, the, the trust in, in the manager and, you know, the work they do on the training ground together that, that, that gets the best out of, the, out of Sim. So, you know, credit to all of them, really. It's just been, it's been fun. And, and, and I mean, you, we've, we started the season, didn't we? A bit toothless. And we've now in a position where we've got Josh Walker with 15. I see, I can only with 17. 17, yeah. And we've got McCullum, who, in my opinion, is probably one of the best strikers in, in you know, outside the league. So we've got these three players and three great players and not, not in a, they're not all guaranteed to play against Yeovil. And so talking about obviously that, I mean, the firepower we have at the moment is quite frightening, especially with Pavey coming back as well. It gives us another option coming come to the side. But obviously the, over the summer, and it's interesting actually, my brother did warn me about this and I was a bit blasé. I went, nah, it's all right, I'll just extend the contracts. But my brother said to me, warn me, he said, there'll be players that won't extend their contract for whatever reason. And we've had a situation now. We've had three players that have left before the playoffs. They're all in defence. Um, Carla, what do you what do you make, Carla, of, of the fact that we've lost three key players this close? See, I'm I'm kind of in two minds about it because obviously you've got to like you respect their decision. You've seen like Sweeney has gone to Forest Green and Shea apparently is going to a League One club. I haven't seen where he's gone, but so you do respect that, and they have these like big moves and we're not guaranteed to win the playoffs so if they were to play the playoffs and pick them an injury or something that could bring their move and it I understand in that kind of way and I also think as well like I'm not saying they didn't want to play but I think in the playoffs and especially after COVID you need a group of players who are fully committed to the cause but saying that they're, they're good players they're good defenders and I think the fact there's three defenders gone Whilst we can now say, all right, attacking, we look amazing. The defence is what I'm a bit worried about, just because obviously we've got two centre-backs that have gone now and a right-back. So it's kind of, I can see both sides. Um, I think we'll be able to cover it. I think Lochi is the best keeper in the league. And defence-wise, we've got Santos back. And Harry Taylor has proven he can drop back, play, like do a solid job. But even if not, you can have Johnson come centre-back and then you've got Tatunda and we've seen Mauro play right-back before so we've got options um, and I think we will be okay especially in the middle if we've got Dunn and or you possibly have Dunn and Harry Taylor there they're solid so I think we'll be okay but when I first saw it I was a bit like oh god this is three key defenders who have because they pretty much played every game this season so what about you Rossi I mean obviously you're not you're not you're not there day to day but from from outside, obviously you know some of the, these players that um, in the, a lot of these players in the squad, and um, or you've come across them, you know, through your time. How do you think this is going to affect, you know, the loss of these, you know, Sweeney, Reynolds, and um, and Shay Alexander? Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know Shay and Callum, you know, as as players. I've never coached them before, but you know, with, with Dan going, I think um, the team does lose that quality, you know, with him stepping out of defence, driving forward, playing playing the passes, it gives you the aerial threat that, that you want. And, you know, the team, the, you know, the back the back three or back four won't be as good with it, with him, as it, isn't it? But that's not being disrespectful to other players that will step in. You know, you could look at it in, in terms of if you went, I don't know, a back five of a wing back in Mauro, Harry right side of Ricardo. If I was doing it, I'd go probably David Titonda, left side centre half and, and keep Elliott as a wing back. It's one thing, I think, when we played Forest Green that season at home, uh, away, sorry, in the first day, 
and we made the change at half time. And I think David was left side centre half that day, and Elliot was the wing back. I think mm. that's how um, we played against Peterborough in the, in the Carabao Cup that night as well. And you know what David gives you as well as a as a centre half in that in that three. He can step in as well and drive forward. He's, you know, he's got that little bit of Sheffield United about him where they over, overlap in centre-backs where he's, he's going to do that. And I think when we scored one of the goals against Swindon that, that season, it was from his press or his stepping in to win the ball and drive forward to, to, to play the ball into Jamal and for Shaq to score that day. Yeah. Um, but you can go either way. You know, Elliot's a very intelligent player um, to play that position. He's got bags of... Games under his belt now. Still a young lad. Technically very, very good. Reads the game well. Mm. Uh, and you've got Harry Taylor. And for me, you know, Harry's one of the most intelligent players I've ever coached. Um, and the great thing about Harry is his attitude and his mentality. You, you, you tell Harry something or ask him to do something in terms of where you want the pitch or how you want to play, and he does it. You know, he's got that footballing brain about him. And the same with Mauro. You know, Mauro's so versatile. Um, will give you everything in terms of attitudes. He'll, he's got legs, he gets to get forward. And as we've seen, he scores goals as well, and very important ones, as we all know. Indeed, indeed. Rossi, just, uh, just a couple of points, just on the players that have, have left. Or just two questions first of all, actually. The first one, when you're setting up for a game like this, obviously we've been away for a while, um, I guess throughout the conventional season, we have a sort of a game plan, a couple of game plans. We take into account the opposition analysis and try and come up with something. But I guess with the players having been off for so long, would you imagine the focus is more around making sure our game is where it needs to be and worrying a little bit less about the opposition? Or is it still the sort of similar approach you think going into this one that we'll look at, at Yeovil and people like, you know, um, is it Reese Murphy up front, etc. So what, what sort of balance do you think is the right one for this game in terms of worrying about ourselves and our shape and our plan A, plan B, and also worrying about Yeovil? Yeah, I think you always need to know, need to know what the what the position threats are, absolutely. But I believe, and it's a personal belief, that you should worry about what you do and how you can affect the game and how you're going to try and win the game. Um, and, and to make sure that you're in the best, you're in the best frame of mind and, and fitness to do that. Um, but you've also got to be wary of, 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 of that opposition. You know, whether that's set plays, whether that's the, the way they play, um, players that, that, that are good, that there's certain special players and certain teams that can create things out of, out of nothing. So, you know, I don't know. You look at the Northampton side, we had Nicky Adams, who's yeah. fantastic, um, you know, in deliveries and stuff like that. Um, and you look at the Yeovil team, you know, they, they, they've got some good players up front. You know, they've got, uh, you know, Richards, Dagnall's been about a while and scored a lot of goals. They've got Doofus, the lad who used to be at Everton. And you've also got um, Reese Murphy, we all know about. So, you know, listen, you, you, you'll be wary of their threats, but I think, you know, looking at it, you'll be going, well, what, what can we do? What can we do? And if, and if, you know, you look at the run that, that Barnett were on, they were doing something special. And I think you carry on that kind of that, that trait and that mindset. And, and another one just for you, Rossi, and then a sort of similar question, which I'll ask the caller in a moment. We talked a little bit about the players that have moved on there and you mentioned, you know, Harry Taylor being an excellent player who's staying with us for the time being. Obviously, a, a recent player who left this around January time was, was Jack Taylor. And I don't think I'm alone on, on this call in saying he was a, a real highlight of the last few years for, for the side, both in terms of his ability, but also the fact he came through the academy, which you, you work with him closely on. 
just specifically on Jack, I mean, I don't know what you're, whether you're in a place to sort of compare the players you work with, but he's obviously gone to Peaceborough, had a really good start there. Unfortunately, their season was quite curtailed without them getting in the playoffs. What, what, how far do you see him progressing in the game? And did you kind of know from the moment you started working with Jack that he would be moving on beyond Barnet, Barnet fairly quickly in his career? Yeah, I think, I mean, well, Jack came into to us, I say us, but Barnet, I think he was 13 years old at the time. You know, skinny little rake with floppy blonde hair. Um, and we already played him in the under-16s. Um, he just saw the game very, very quickly. Uh, his passes were on a different planet in terms of making passes, but you're going, well, he might have given it away there, but it's not because he's forced the ball, but the players maybe in front of him aren't seeing the move that, you know, that pass to make the movement. Um, but he created time on the ball. Um, you know, he dropped in, body open, would, would never give it away, would protect the ball, would, could drive forward um, and create goal chance. And that. the only thing was lacking with, with Jack a little bit, that's, you know, over the, over the coming, well, over the years was, you know, we always said to him, score more goals. You know, we wanted to have more goals to his game because he had it in his locker um, and not switch off sometimes in terms of, of his defensive duties. But I think... He, he really earned the move to Peterborough over the last season because um, a lot of the work that was that he did um, but also you know the way the way Darren played with the first thing with him in, involved in it w w was unbelievable and you know you've got to give credit to, to one to Jack himself but also Darren and the staff because I think he had an excellent season how many goals did he score during the season? Two double figures I think was he at some point and then bangers as well absolutely yeah. <laughs> If you if you're if you're a midfielder that can pass, can run, can move well, can 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 cope with the, the physical requirements of the game, but also then add, add, uh, add goals to your game, you know you're looking at a good career. And you know I'd love to think that Jack can go championship at a minimum. Um, he's got a good club now where you know he'll kick on again. You hope, and they're renowned for you know buying players. And, and then making money on them as well and, and going to the Prem or the Champ, as we've seen. Um, but ultimately, it'll be down to Jack of how far he wants to go. He's got the opportunity. Um, he's a great kid. He's a, he was a joy to work with all them years and, and, and I really hope he does. It'll be great to see him in the Prem. And just before I hand back to you, man, just for Carla as well. Carla, you've obviously seen so many games over, over the last few seasons. Just on Jack, was he one that, that really stood out to you the whole time or, or was he sort of one of several players that we've been lucky to see play for the club? Um, well, I remember when he got his debut at Yeovil away and watching him that day, you just knew. You just knew this guy. He was very young when he, like, I don't know what age he was, but he was still a teenager when he came on there. And you had it, so you weren't expecting like the word from him. But when he came on at Yeovil, you thought, he's going to be good. And he just proved us all right and he got better and better and even better than I thought and I think from maybe last year and a half to two years it's kind of been a if he still plays for us next season we're going to be lucky because you just knew he was going to get that move and when he left it was so bittersweet because he's a joy to watch you just loved watching him but of course he deserved the move so yeah it was one of those. Has anybody been listening to Trevor's um uh, it was called the latest um, interview I put up for Trevor um, uh, on Beast Pod was uh, with Lee Harrison, and he was saying um, that he thinks that he won't be at Peterborough for very long. 
he thinks yeah. he's going to be on the, on the move again to a much bigger club. Um, I think I think it's I think this this season was the season we saw Jack Taylor make that step up um, into into the league. Um, so I suppose in terms of um, before, because I'm gonna we're gonna we're gonna hand over to um, some we've got some other guests coming on in soon. But in terms of predictions for uh, for Saturday. So Rossi, what what are your thoughts on um, what do you think? Um, how do you think it's going to go? Um, I think I'm going to go for a two 0 Barnet win. Get in. Um, I, I think McCallum offers the team a lot, um, not just goal scoring, but you know that that mobile target man, but can also play him behind as well. He's uh, he's going to be a handful, and I I, I think the spirit. Of the team that's been created this year, will will really keep keep pushing the, the lads forward. I think. Fantastic. And what about you, Carla? Um, I'm actually going to go for two one because I think we have the attacking threat and I think we can win it. But all season, something that's driven me crazy is that we do everything by fine margins. Like I've never watched the last half hour of a game and felt, oh, I know how this is going to go. I've just felt, oh my god, this could go anyway. Like we really make me panic sometimes. So I just. Like, I don't see that change now. I don't think we'll put it to bed. I think we'll have me hanging on for the last half an hour going, we're 2-1 up, but are we actually going to keep this? Because I think they just like to make me nervous now. So, And will we go up as well? That's another question. Rossi, Carla, are we going up? Yeah. I, 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 I'm a beast fan and, and they are, so absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think so as well. Like, I think... Crew believes the players have got momentum and I feel like we're the only team in the playoffs with no pressure because we, I'm not saying we didn't deserve to be there, in my opinion we did, but ultimately we did get there three points per game. So we're the only team, I think, that have no expectations, there's no pressure, so we can just go out and smash it. Fantastic. Well, thanks ever so much, Rossi and Carla, for, for joining us tonight. Um, it's been a pleasure. Um, it's been nice to actually talk about football, you know, for you know, in months. Um, so we're going to introduce now on um, Charlie Casson, Matthew Taylor, who's now known as Loudmouth, and John Lewis um, to the show. Um, and uh, just unmute you guys. There you go. You hear me, man? I can hear you. I can hear you, Charlie. Can you hear that cracking shot as well, Charlie? Cheers, mate. Yeah, we're enjoying it. Can you just call me Matthew Taylor? I can call you Matthew Taylor. It's like, Who it's the fuck it. is Matthew Taylor? Mate, mate, just mate, take the video off again. Take the video off. It was much better before. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> so, chaps, how's it going? How's your lockdown been? Marvellous. What have you been, been doing? A uh, bit boring. Uh, good to have the footy back. Um, good to finally be talking about Barnet as well. But... How about you? Well, Charlie, we know what you've been doing. You've been, like, kicking out the podcast like they've gone out of fashion. <laughs> yeah, I've been it's been keeping my creative braid ticketing, that's for sure. Um and you know, it's good when you when you get I don't need to prepare anything really, because it's just talking about football. So it's uh it's a fairly easy gig, if that's what you can call it. And what about you, Matt? that's that, that's safe for uh, the airwaves. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, uh can I please play? Nothing, so, nothing. Chaps, so, so, chaps, this has been an interesting lockdown. We've had, um, we've had a chairman that's uh, that's that's made everybody, given everybody their notice. Then decided, then went, oh shit, we've got um, we've got to furlough everybody now. Um, 
and and then by the end of the, by the end of the uh, well, coming to the end of furloughing, um, we've lost three players. So, um, Matt, what's your thoughts on 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 the three losses to the squad? I like how you come to me straight away after all the shit that I get in with the club, especially you talking about our fearless leader, Mister Tony Kliavos. I um, I love the man. I love him. If he's listening, you know, I I, I just amaze. You know. Um, they're going to be big losses, simple as that. Um, I don't know what more you want me to say, really. It just comes down to who's better in the day, really. They're big losses, big characters. I just hope we've got enough to beat you over one a day. What about you? What about you, John? And I'm, I'm just going. I'm just going across my screen. So it's, it's, not, it's nothing personal. Um, no, I mean, I think I think those are big losses, especially the two centre halves. I think that's probably a position where you want to have players that are used to playing with each other that have got a few games under the belt. And I think the departure of those two means whoever starts at centre-back on Saturday is going to be a relatively untried pairing trio, however we play it. Would you, well, Charlie, how do you think we're going to do it in terms of how do you think we're going to Look, adjust to it? There's no, there's no beating around the bush. They're, they're big losses, but you've got to look at, you know, what we're going to do to amend that and with what we've got. And I think what we've got is just as strong, if not stronger, I think it's going to allow us to play um, in a free in a free five one system with, you know, well, what I'd do is I'd play, I'd have Tatunda and Tatunda and Maro wing backs, and then have a back three of Elliot Johnson, um, Santos, and Harry Taylor. And we've all seen how Harry Taylor he, he's a he can play anywhere. Um, you know, I think if if we had the four at the back, Chitonda usually misses out. And I think Tatonda is one of our most dangerous players going forward. So I think the fact that he looks like he's probably going to be one of the first players on the team sheet on Saturday, I'd imagine, I think it's a it's a big boost for us going forward. And Matt and Mara down the other side as well. It's interesting, actually, yeah, because I was thinking about this and I thought, OK, well, we're losing two centre-backs. It seems a little bit obvious to go, well, let's just go to a back four. But then I think about it, I think this season, the team has really, really progressed since we've gone to a back three um and it kind of feels like well why would why would we just completely change our system um which has worked served us so well and um you know and obviously darren moved away from uh, matt's favorite formation 4231 <laughs> at, at one point um but ever since we've done that and we've made that change it's 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 actually suits the players i think um what about you what do you think ian what are your thoughts on that yeah i think um I think two things, really. I think, first of all, I think Charlie's right. You know, you, you can't overestimate the importance, and Carlos said it earlier, of, of consistency in certain areas. And, you know, on the one hand, you look at the, the players that have gone out, they've been big parts of a very consistent back four. I think defensively, we've been quite good, actually, this season, in, in certainly in seeing games out. I know it's been tight, but we've seen them out. So, on the one hand, you're, you're a bit concerned about losing that experience. On the other hand, I think, actually, of all the times to sort of, bringing a new back four, a time where you've got a few weeks to really prepare for it and drill them is a bit easier. And we've seen actually in, since the lockdown sort of um, finished in the Premier League, the opening games were very tight, were very cagey. Now, as often generally because players weren't being proactive with the ball as, as much as they normally are, or there wasn't quite that incision and creativity. I don't know what it would be like in our league, but I'd imagine something similar. So I hope we'll be able to sort of ease ourselves into the game and stay in it. The one worry I have, I think I love Charlie's back five there. I think the one worry I have is the lack of height, particularly at wing-back areas. We've seen 
certainly I remember a couple of games this season where players or certainly more direct sides have targeted our fullbacks for lack of height with by often by dropping off one of their centre forwards uh, or even their sort of wide players onto one of our fullbacks. And if you have a sort of combination of say Elliot and Tatonda as a sort of two of that five playing next to each other, I do worry about the aerial stuff there. Um, particularly as we know set pieces are going to be absolutely key. Um, so I, I do sort of worry about that, but you know we've got we've got the quality and I think we've got the momentum. I think going forwards we're going to be in a really strong position. So I'm not feeling too uh, too downhearted about it. I think the other thing to say, picking up on what Ian said, I mean, we haven't played a competitive game for, for four months. So if we were going into a normal playoff game with a you know, relatively untried defensive combination, I think I'd be quite worried. I think one of the big unknowns for me is how much, you know, how much of a disadvantage is players not having played together very much in a world where nobody's played a competitive game in four months. I mean, that's... Sure. That's an enormous span of time. That's long. That's longer than the gap between between seasons. No, I agree. I agree. I did. I actually did. Um, I I um did had a chat with Yeovil's podcast, um, sports podcast last night, and we were talking about it. And and the feeling was is that actually it's probably going to be a little bit of a lottery. Um, it's going to be mm. about who, which player, which team can get the rhythm the quickest. Um, when I look at it, and I mean. Charlie, I mean, talk to me. I mean, in terms of the firepower we've got, I mean, what? How, you know, we could blow most teams off, couldn't we? Yeah, you've only got to look at our our form going into the end of uh, last season, and I don't know if it's going to play any part in it. But I feel like, you know, in recent years, I've definitely been down to huge part. I know Rossi's first game, we got a late winner there, and I think the season before that, we won we won the two one, and we're beating him this season as well. We seem to. Um, I know we, we didn't win away, I don't think we beat them at home, but we seem to have a decent record down there. Um, but like I said, like, like I, I think I heard Jatinder say it in an interview, um, they're going to be pref- we're going to be preferring the fans not there. It's yeah, it's over. We're going to be the ones who are going to be gutted that the stadium's empty. Um, so in terms of us being away, yes, geographically it's a disadvantage, but once you're in there playing. It's anyone's game. There's, there's, there's no supporters there. So you know, I, I'm, I'm quite, I'm quite, I'm quite confident about Saturday. I must say. I think as well. One other difference, um, especially with a conference playoff structure where you have these eliminator games, I actually think whoever wins out of the eliminator games might, even though they're the away team, they might actually have the edge in the semi-finals because they will have played a competitive match. Mm. They'll have a playoff mm. match in their legs. Um, and in normal times, you might worry about just the, the sheer volume of games. But if you haven't played a game for four months um, and the playoffs are a week apart, I don't, I don't see the advantage that um, Notts County or Harrogate are going to have in terms of you know having an extra week's rest. Agreed. Well, so uh, so Matt, what, I mean, obviously, you know, Rossi Rossi um, named pretty much the same back five that um, Charlie um, did. Um, so, I mean, from my perspective, that seems to be the most obvious um, lineup. But, but uh, you know, back five. But what about in centre mid? So you've got obviously by bringing Harry Taylor back into defence, we've got um, we've got a choice of was it Charlie Adam, West Fongu, and, and James Dunn. How do you think? How do you think we will go into that game um, in the centre of mid? It will be a three-five-two. We're not going to go back to a back four now. We've seen all season it doesn't work for us it, for some reason. I don't know if we've done that to 
manage it or the players just don't know how to play that formation. Midfield-wise, we haven't got another 10 anymore, let's be honest. So I think it'll be a flat free midfield. Dunny's obviously going to be starting. And then it's a toss-up between the likes of Bongo, Charlie Adams. Um, Alito maybe could play the number 10 role or could be like a, a free-flowing in the middle of either one of them in a flat midfield. Um, again, it's, it's a mix-up. You know, you've got some quality players there. It's just a case of can they bring it on the day? I mean, Alito has got something there, but he's just such a lazy player. And it's a shame. If he showed a bit more enthusiasm, we might have had a really good player there for the season. Yeah, I do. Yeah, it's interesting. I do wonder, what, because I'm looking, thinking about the way that we might line up. And um, I, I was thinking that maybe, you know how Chelsea played um, when they played three at the back? And what they did was instead of playing two up front and a, and a guy in behind, what they did is they played one guy up top and then they played kind of two inside forwards um, behind the, the striker. And I wonder whether or not that's the way that we can potentially play uh, McCullum as, as the focal point with Akinola and Walker playing in the half spaces in front of two, maybe potentially Dunn and Adam, you know, two sort of blockers, two sort of dog, you know, doggy guys going to dog in there and have them two guys ahead sort of trying to um, work the space. I mean, what's everybody else's thoughts? I don't, I don't think that'll work. Sorry to interrupt. I really don't think that'll work. I mean, go back a couple of seasons ago, we had John Kindy, Shaq and Sim all playing in the same team. And we tried to rotate it as a Sim as a number 10. He can't play number 10. He's not a number 10. He's a striker at the end of the day. Um, and that's why I don't think it'll personally work. You need to play two up front. And if that's going to be Pavey, McCallum, um, Walker, Sim, whoever, we've got the options. It's a case of just stepping up on the day more than anything. So who would you be your guys? If you had your two centre mids, if you're saying you're playing with a 10, and your two strikers, who, who, are, they, who are they five guys going to be? It's a, it's a gamble, but I'd have to go with Dunny centre mids with Charlie Adams. Just have them kick lumps out of them. Simple as that. Just, just stop them playing. Stop them doing whatever they need to do. Um, and I'd have Alito in the middle. And up front, it would be um, Akinola and McCallum. I know that sounds a little bit un uh, harsh on Josh Walker, but he's he's a good little player. And I think he'll probably be better as an impact player in that game more than anything. What about you, Charlie? What do you think? So difficult because without Walker and Akinola's goals, you wouldn't be in the first place. Um, and without Walker's goal on the last day at Woking, without that third goal, we wouldn't have got in the points per game so it's difficult to leave him out I still think he's the best finisher I've ever seen at Barnet without a doubt in all my in my time of supporting them not seen a better finisher um, but I do agree with I do agree with Matt in terms of it, it wouldn't be a bad thing him coming off the bench and I don't think you can you can't keep McCallum or Akinola out I'd, I'd what I'd like to see is Exactly what Matt said, Dunn and Adams in the middle, but I'd have I'd have Akinola in, in the number ten. I know he's a striker, but I'd have him in the number ten just so we could have Walker and McCallum up front. Oh, we're forgetting about Efren. What about you, John? What about you? What would you do? So I'd, I'd go with the middle two of um, Adams and Dunn. Um, I think I'd be tempted to play um, Akinola in behind the front two. Um, I think playing with I just think playing with with three up front in that game. 
we might leave ourselves a little bit exposed. Um, I think I'd agree with Charlie. So yeah, so okay, so it's interesting. What about you, Ian? What would you do? Yeah, I think I mean a couple of things. I think um, it, it, a couple, like, almost defensively. I think you must want to have McCullum in the side. He's so good in the air. I think he's a he's an option to help out the back. I run it with set pieces. I think I I think what one thing you want to do in these playoff games, I think, is to stay in the game as long as possible. And I know Rossi mentioned earlier Northampton, but Northampton showed how quickly a game can change. I think they were two 0 down in the first leg. And then they played, you know, and that's the thing like, it only takes a game. And momentum is such a quick thing in these games. So I'd be tempted to sort of try and stay in the game if I can. And so I think you definitely need to play a, a 10 or a midfield three with a 10 just to put a little bit of pressure on a defence midfielder. Otherwise, it's a risk you get pen back in. You know, you can imagine if Yeovil, if they play a sort of wide 4-3-3, which they normally seem to do, they pin back our, our wing-backs. We've got, then got a flat midfield three. There's nothing going up top. And we, we're going to see ourselves have very little of the ball for, for 90 yeah. minutes. And that's going to be a real challenge. So I'd be tempted to go with, with Dunn and Adams as the sort of sitters. I like the idea of maybe Wes as a 10. A slightly defensive option to start off with. But I think, you know, it's a 90-minute game. You can grow into it a little bit later on. Um, and then I think going forwards, I think McCullum has to start. And then it is really tough. I think Charlie's right. Wes, is, uh, sorry, not Wes. Um, you know, Walker, Josh Walker's a fantastic finisher. I think he's the sort of player. You can make a case for any of them, right? Josh Walker, fantastic finisher. You know, if a chance pops up, I'd probably back him to finish it with all of them. Uh, Simeon, um, who I think is you know just come on leaps and bounds this season, but Ephraim, and I think for me Ephraim Mason Clark probably offers the best of both worlds. He's incredibly um, strong. He's good at holding the ball up. He's used to playing with his back to goal. He's also a good finisher. So I'd be tempted to start with Ephraim McCullum, Wes behind, and then use Simeon and and and, and walks to come off the bench. Wow, um, that's what I try and do. Wow, that's controversial, Ian. What I would say on that is uh, just off the back of this. I, when I see the team sheet on Saturday, I'm I'm going to be a hundred percent behind every like whatever he, he chooses. I've got so much faith in Darren, and I think that he's, you know, he's the one who's been overseeing this pre-season, if you like, for the last over the last month. Um, we don't know who's had a better lockdown than others. You know what I mean? Um, so I fully back whatever he does, and I think as well. I was thinking about this today. These are the same. If you think back to what was it, 14, 15 months ago when we went to Bramall Lane and it was, I think it was Curry's, he's not even been, he's not even been gaffed for a week. Um, and it's the, it's the same group of players, a few more additions, but it's the same group of players. And that was our last, I feel like, our last big day as a club, like in terms of a game and the result we had. And we've not had a big day like that since then. And I don't know what he did that day, but it was it, it made he made something special, and it's the same batch of players. And I think whatever whatever happened that day, we've got to try and emulate on Saturday, whether it be Sheffield United at Bramall Lane or Yeovil at Hughes Park. There, it's 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 a big, big, big day, and I I just back them. I back every single one of them. Do you know? Do you know actually one person we've we've completely overlooked, and we have got tucked in our back pocket, potentially could be the hero. Do we, do we do, try, try and, and, Are you not going to say Pavey? Alfie Pavey, are you? No, I won't say Alfie Pavey, but... I'm going to say Shaq, <laughs> innit? I'm going to say Shaq. Leave off, Will. We are the geezer won't get off the floor. Nah, it's not bad. He's a, he's a no, good... No, don't get me started on him. Do not get me started on Shaq, whatever. No, he will be on that floor constantly. Waste of time. He scored the goal against, he scored the goal against Sheffield United. It's a penalty! 
Look at his hat. Look at his hat trick at Swindon, though. He's and that was the only game he actually. Yeah, but who helped him out in that game? Dave Tarpey. It's only once. Dave Tarpey only played once, then got injured. But what a game! Exactly. What was Tarpey? Was Tarpey like Jedi mind tricks for the rest of the season? Don't worry about it. I just don't worry about it. No, I don't think Shaq's going to get in the team. Personally, I really don't. Well, no, I don't. I don't think he's going to get in the team. About it. I mean, I was, the guy I was talking to at Yeovil, um, from the Yeovil, was saying to me that, that basically the actual lockdown has helped them because a lot of players had, they, Reese Murphy apparently was out for the season. And since, because of lockdown, uh, Reese Murphy is now available for selection. And obviously he scored, I think, 17 goals this season. So I look at that and I think to myself, okay, well, we've actually lost three players and they've got, but then I think about it as well, is Shaq is, Shaq is capable of scoring a goal. And whether or not, he starts or not, he won't start. I don't think Shaq will start. But we'll have five subs in this game. And if you've got, deciding that maybe say Josh Walker on the bench or Akinola on the bench and a Shaq as well, that gives Darren Curry a lot of options. You know, um, I mean, John, you're nodding your head. What, 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 do you, what, do you, what do you think? I mean, I suppose there's two things. I mean, it's a great irony because for most of the season, I've sat down with Barnet fans and we've said, you know, oh, we really need a striker. We really need a goal scorer. And then in this extraordinary season, we end up in the playoffs and we've got about six strikers and it's, it's suddenly in the back that looks a bit more difficult. I, I guess the other thing for me is we, we talk about who we think might start and um, I'll make one prediction. It definitely won't be the team that we pretty much all agreed on. Because I imagine that given the length of delay, a big part of Curry's thinking is going to be who's looked sharp in training. Mm. When we're watching the team every week, we, cannot, we can, as fans can get a sense of who's sharp, who's in form. Um, with four months off, um, I think it wouldn't surprise me if there's a few surprises, as it were, because Darren looks at the players that are looking sharp in training. But that, that's impossible for us to judge. Yeah, no, it's a, good, it's a very good point. Um, what about you, Charlie? I mean, what are your thoughts on, on, on our sort of the decisions that, that Darren's going to make? Do you know what, right? I just think uh, I, I'm much more of an optimist and a pessimist. Anyone who knows me, I'm, all, I'm always the optimist. But you've got to look at it like we're, we finished 11th and we're in the playoffs. I think other, the, other t- yeah, the other teams are going to be looking at us thinking, oh, God, like that, that, that's so jammy. They've got it. And then you see our team on paper and it's like, We've got more st- players that stand out than Yeovil. You know, there's more names in there. I just think mentally and like, you know, for, for the other teams, I'd be sh- I'd be shitting it if, personally. And it's because it's like the pressure's on Yeovil now because we finished eleventh. We got the, all the pressures on Yeovil. It's like if we don't win, shit, we finished fourth, whatever, or fifth. Um, playing a team who finished eleventh, um, I just think it would be the most shit housey thing if we. Would be the it'd be, surely would be the lowest team ever to get promoted who finished in the league. Wait, uh, Ian, I know Ian's about to, Ian's about to late leave in a second. But Ian, um, just on that, last, on, that, on that final point about the fact that we finished seventh, like predicted um, under uh, PPG. Um, what are your thoughts? You ain't having that. <laughs> you are not having that. I said seven. PPG said we're seven. I think. Yeah, I mean, I think the arguments around PP, obviously we're biased, right? I think if we were Stockport, we'd feel a bit annoyed. But the reality is it's math, isn't it? It's not that hard. You take the points, you divide them by the games, and that's how you decide it. So I don't think there's any controversy there. Um, I, I, I share Charlie's optimism. I think 
there is something that's a bit disconcerting for teams. And, and actually, I think the playoffs in this situation, I always worry, I looked at the stats before um, when people were discussing whether Barrow should go up, etc. I think the playoffs in the conference have always been a little bit of a lottery, not least because of the two-step system, but also because um, after this lockdown, it, it, you know, there's a lot of pressure. So sides like Harrogate, Notts County, all of their entire season comes down to one game, essentially. Um, and they, they lose a lot of the momentum they bring in with it. I'm not my, there is a reason, and I appreciate that we were on a good run of form, but there is a reason we weren't in the top seven at the time of the lockdown. And that's because, okay, I mean, we were 11th in the league at the time. I think we're, we were probably, on average, the eighth or ninth best team in, this, in the league this season so far. So I don't think we want to be over-optimistic. Over I think Notts County are a strong side. They've got a lot of money that would have sustained them quite well throughout the lockdown and, and haven't been forced to sell any players. Um, but if we can get, you know, it's, it's a, it's a one-game shoot-off. And I think all of us would love that. I think it suits us much more than it does other sides. We've got some great players. I think the fitness side of it is a bit of a lottery. And I think that's where our strength and depth is really important. Then what Charlie was saying there, you know, to be honest with you, if, you, if, the, if the fitness thing for Yoba was they get back some extra players, that's fine. But as, uh, as um, I think as Sam was saying earlier, you know, you, sorry, John was saying earlier, you end up with a basically level playing field. It comes down to, of your 18, who's got the quality to affect games. And I know we've talked about Shaq maybe not being the one, but you know, I think I'd rather have Shaq on our bench than, say, the Yeovil fourth try striker. And I'd rather have one of Ephraim or Simeon or Josh Walker on the bench than, than certainly a lot of other teams have. So I feel our strength and depth will be something to really, really think about. And I think just going into the game, I always say, just stay in the game to around the 60-minute mark, especially under Curry. Just stay in the game, stay in the game, stay in the game. And I'd be very confident. The game's nil-nil after 60 minutes. I'd be very, very confident we go on and win it. If we're obviously 2 nil down, or we, you know, we, we get caught out with some set pieces, we don't quite get the setup right, you know, it's very difficult to chase that game down. Um, but I, I'm, I'm optimistic. I have got a go. But, guys, it was, it was lovely jumping on. And um, thank you so much. And I'll hopefully see you all soon. Take care, Ian. Cheers, Cheers, Cheers guys. Care. You've got to think as well, our record away from the Hive is unbelievable. I'd rather be playing, I'd rather be, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like the game to be at the Hive on Saturday. I'd be more nervous. I'd be a lot more nervous. Um, I know there's no fans there, but I just think it's, you know, the, just the environment you feel yourself in. We've just performed better on the road. It's a fact. Statistics show it. And, you know, the games you go to, we always play better away. We always find ourselves controlling the games, and which is why I'm absolutely, I think it's absolutely vital that we do get a result on Saturday because, a hand on heart would fancy us at Notts County as well. We've already done them there once this season um, okay. in the league. Definitely. And then you, you, you're 90 minutes away from Wembley then. And when you're at Wembley, it's anyone's game. No matter who it's against, Bournemouth, Halifax or Harrogate. It's, it, it doesn't matter who it is. It's Wembley and it's one game away from League Two. So it's, uh, it's a massive, massive two weeks for us. Um, starting, I, know, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but, you know, it's, 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 we're so close and the potential to do it is so high and so realistic. Definitely. Um, John, so, I mean, I've, had, I've actually had a, I've had a couple of questions coming up, one, one on YouTube. So I thought I might... Uh, put, put, um, so Chris Barnett, as I said, actually commented, uh, if, if Shaq has the right attitude, he could be a good player to bring on. And I do agree with him on that. Um, there's somebody else put here um, about fellow Barnett fan has said, maybe play Pavian defence, a centre-back. <laughs> well, I, I did say there might be some surprises on Saturday. Um, I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, I look at I look at Johnson, Santos, and Taylor. Um, I appreciate they don't all play play centre back all of the time. I think for a game like this, it's probably not the time to put your you know uh, striker who's been out for 
seven months with an injury, or eight months, whatever it is, with an injury, suddenly play him at centre back. That 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 would be a bit too maverick for my liking, I think. Indeed. Actually, there is. I wanted to bring Rossi in here actually because um, obviously, um, obviously Santos now is the linchpin of this centre of this defence. Obviously, with the with the players that we've lost, Santos only recognising. Obviously, I think you signed him, didn't you, for Barnet? Um, what does what does what does Ricardo bring to this? Club? What, 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 is, what what would you say is key strength? Uh, sorry, strength. Yeah, his key strengths. So what would you say that what he brings to the side? Well, one thing with Ricardo is athletic. Um, the good thing about when he when he, he plays and when we played him in like the uh, the right side of the three, he'd go in the channels. He was comfortable going in the channels and they'd deal with deal with a lot of balls that they slid down the side of him. So you got that. When he's on it in the air, he's decent. You know, he can score from set plays, as we know. Um, but, you know, he's on the ball over large periods, he's pretty good. Sometimes, yeah, he can be a little bit, be a bit erratic, but he's another one who can drive out defence. If you play him in the middle of the three and he drives out defence, I think he did a couple of runs over the course of the last couple of seasons when he's just gone past players of the ball and that. So he gives you that. But Ricardo's, an, you know, Ricardo's a leader as well. He wants to lead. Um, and he's still quite young as well. Was he 25 now? 25, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, one sec. The dog's barking like an absolute idiot. So, <laughs> so Matt, somebody's somebody, Matt, somebody's uh, put a question here, um, and I thought this is quite quite an interesting question we've had um, sent in, um, talking about obviously that we've had um, quite a few. Obviously, there was quite a lot of upheaval in the summer. Obviously, with um, in my opinion, and it's just my opinion, I felt that um, our chairman was a little bit quick out of the blocks with his reaction to what was going on um, and kind of stuck his head out before a lot of the other chairmen did in terms of the squad. And obviously we know that um, Darren Curry and June Lewis were both given their notice. Um, say, we, say, we, say, for instance, we don't win on Saturday, um, which we will, but say we don't. Um, do you think... That we'll see Darren and Junior Lewis here next year, next season. Sack the lot of them. Get in the job centre and click your P45. Um, it's a difficult one. You're hearing all these rumours about South Bender after him, Colchester United looking for a new manager, and he lives out that way. Um, obviously, I know you all know what my vocal point has been on it. Uh, things have improved. I don't. To be honest with you, mate, I don't think if we if we don't win and get promoted, I don't think he'll leave because it'd just be a case of we've got to start again from scratch we've then got to find another um, with no disrespect, rookie, because let's be honest, TK has got the same plan, it's either an up and coming rookie or it is someone who is pretty much on the way down mm. and I think it's a case of, with what we've heard as well, with um, certain Certain players on the only Barnet Forum being released. It looks like we've got to now find a whole new team again. As much as I love this club, right, I feel like we're nothing but a Sunday League team having to keep trying to sign players on every single season. Yeah, we're not a team where you're going to build your career on. You might go on to something better. But I'm sick and tired of just having a player for a season or two. Or, you know, it's, 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 do you know what? It gets boring. It really does get boring. But isn't that been? I mean, isn't that been a little bit part of the um, 
has been a part of the issue the last three years. Obviously, John still came in and gave um, some long contracts and big contracts to some players, to a lot of the players that he brought in from Dagenham. Um, and we've been trying to, we've been waiting for them contracts to run out to get rid of them. And um, surely, you know, uh, Carla, you know, I'll bring you in, Carla, as well, because um, uh, surely having having a chance with Darren to, to remove some of the kind of fringe players who are at the end of their contracts and then being able to sign players of the quality of Scott Loach and Paul McCullum and play, the kind of players and James Dunn he's brought in. Um, what are your thoughts about that in terms of being, actually being able to now add to the, to the core of what he's got? Yeah, in my opinion, like, I think he's obviously done a good job, but as we're saying, like, he has kind of been just inherited John Still's squad. And if you look at the signings Curry himself has made, as you've just said, Dunn and Loach, exceptional. He wanted Paul McCallum in the summer. We finally got him. Unreal. Alfie Pavey, obviously the injury. So we can't really judge that signing because he's been out for so long. But I think we've seen in his signings, they're strong. He is bringing some more experience in, but he also trusts like players like Efron, Josh Walker. So he trusts the young ones too. And I think he does have his own plan. And I think whether or not we go up or not, I think he should stay and I hope he does. But I do think he would this summer have the chance, whatever happens, to build the squad how he wants it and kind of put more of his kind of philosophy and football into our team. Yeah. What about you, John? What do you think? Um, well, I guess the easy thing to say, I think, about Curry is I think if we if we don't get promoted and, and either Colchester or South End, they're rumoured, or one of the other sides comes in for him, I think it'll be hard for us to retain him. I mean, he's going to have the, the option of, of league football, at a club, either of those, which historically are bigger than Barnet. Um, mm. I, I think I agree with a lot of what Carla said in terms of it, it would be nice for him to have a chance to, to refit the squad. I think he was relatively constrained this season because... We signed a lot of players on two-year contracts um, after we got relegated. Um, I think of the four that are departing, they're all they're all part of that intake. So that should free up a bit of um, a bit of wage space. Mm. Um, so whatever happens um, in terms of um, Curry staying, if he does stay, I think it. You know, I think his acquisitions have been good. I think that's the one thing I said. The players he's acquired generally this season, I've been quite impressed with. Yeah, and um, you know, I'd be keen to see him given a chance to actually um, refit the squad. And I think he's grown a lot as a manager this season. I think going back to maybe October, November time, we looked um, a little bit ponderous in the build-up. It looked like we didn't have much of a plan B tactically. And you have to give Darren credit because I think on both of those things, he's, he's turned it around. And you know, one defeat in seventeen games. I think you know, perhaps as fans, we didn't give Darren enough credit at the time for that. I mean, that's, that's a pretty impressive run. It's impressive. Oh, sorry, I'm, I need to jump in there. I'm so confused. I don't want to be the, the doom and gloom like I am. But I'm looking at our fixtures. And where was it we was unbeaten in 17 games? No, no, we, it was, we, scored, we lost one game in 17 or 18. One in 18, I think we lost. When was that? One in eighteen, one in 17 in the league, it, I think. It, it was right towards the end of the season. So, like, it, was, it finished... We were still unbeaten and we hadn't lost in 18 when we'd won the Woking game, the last game before lockdown. Yeah. Because I'm looking at the fixtures and I've counted 12. 
That's why I'm just confused. I'm not trying to be a dick. I think it's all competitions. Now, I've got all competitions, but I've got Barra here where we beat him 3 0 in the cup, and I've got Farsley. Um, I'm, that's what I'm saying. I'm just confused because if I've got it wrong for myself, then I want to see it, you know. But I think league wise, I don't, whatever the numbers are, league wise, we have lost one game since December. So even if you like, don't put it in number terms, but if you say one loss in the league since December, that in itself is still pretty impressive. I, mean, I don't think it, none of it matters now, though, does it? None of it matters. We've got a three games. We've got a three game season. Yeah, form's gone out the window now. Like, yeah, no f- one f- has that form now. Just, just bringing it back to what John said, and um, I, th- I think it was John who said it, or it might be Charlie. Forgive me. Whoever said, whoever looks the sharpest. One player that it does play centre mid, and we have we've seen what five minutes of him is that McBurney. I can't make a judgment on him. He might be the secret weapon. I don't know what type of player he is. Maybe Rossi kind of knows more than. Well, from what we've seen, I don't know. Maybe you can shed a bit of light on it. Who knows what this player is? I've never, I've never seen him before in my life. <laughs> okay, fair enough. That answers that question. <laughs> so we're, we're all back to square one then, aren't we? No one knows if he's any good. No. But then, like you said, but the thing is, Yeovil could have prepared a plan for players that they know of. And we've got uh, Ollie, you know, McBurney and you've got Shaq coming back, which they probably, you know, potentially as game changers from the bench. And... Um, but I suppose the question I was going to ask as well now is, um, and I'll start with Charlie, um, is, so if moving forward, say best case scenario, we go up, worst case scenario, we stay where we are. Um, what do we need for this team to progress? What kind of players do we need in our squad, you think? What areas do we need to strengthen for us to, for us to make that next step as a team? Um, first and foremost, I think I think Darren Curry's being being at the helm is a is the main is the top of my list. I think with us, you need a you need a manager who knows the club, you know, knows the club and like, I mean, when Rossi Rossi knew the club inside out and Rossi done really well and got, in my opinion, got let go too soon. And Darren Darren wants to be Darren wants to be the man to take us forward. So I think we need to keep Darren, and I think. The stability there will come from, you know, from the helm. Um, but I, th- I wouldn't change what we've got too much. One thing I think we've been lacking um, over the last few years is a proper. It sounds ridiculous because I, I, I thought Sweeney, I think Sweeney's really coming to his own, and Santos is obviously great. But I think I don't feel like we've had a proper, proper centre half in years. So by proper, are we talking about like a proper nasty, nasty? Oh yeah, like a nasty, a nasty shit. Yeah, like a proper, like big bald northerner from <laughs> Matty Redmond, from from like from Sheffield or something. Who's like thirty? Just do you know what I mean? We've never we haven't had one of them in years. And when we was in the conference, the first year went back down to the conference in 2015, uh, 14, sorry, 13 even. It always stood out um, that, you know, all these teams like Hyde and Tamworth and all these like conference sides, they'd always have a proper centre-back. So I'd like one of them and um, maybe a a winger, like an out-and-out right or left winger. Um, I do like the wing-backs, but I think we we still need wingers. I think we went for a stage, uh, we were absolutely gifted with wingers. We went for a stage of having Adoma, Balassi, Punch and Albert Jarrett, um, Anthony Edgar for a bit. Uh, went for a stage of having amazing wingers and it always was a thing. Our oh, Barnet have got great wingers. And um, 
We haven't had an out and out. Amazing, and Anthony Edgar in the same sentence. Well, I thought Anthony Edgar was a good player. <laughs> what he wanted to be. <laughs> I liked Anthony Edgar. Give him, give, gets too much stick. So what? So who else? So so um, so Matt, who, if you were given next season, trying to progress the team, where do we need to strengthen in your in your opinion? First thing we need to get McCallum signed up, hundred percent. Get that done, done and dusted over the line, um, and then you work backwards from there. Really, we need more creativity. So you're gonna have to start looking at you know the, um, the stats and all that lot. Then. Like Charlie said, you kind of need a couple of brutes in there. It's got nothing to do. Like I said, I know it looks like a criticised shack and criticised done with what's happened. I don't. I don't take anything personally, as you know me, ma'am. I don't. I laugh and think off. Um, Dunny looked good when he first came in. I think he needs someone to be his legs beside him, and because he he had that injury, and it wasn't. He didn't come back a hundred percent. So I think we need to get uh, a bit more creativity. We need to get someone to do Dunny's leg work for him, basically. Um, but it, it automatically looks like we're going to need a right back. Shade's gone. Rumour is that Belletti's leaving as well. So, again, that's what I said. We look like we need to rebuild. So, we get McCannum over the line and then we work backwards from there. That's, that's all I'm saying. Get him over the line first. What about you, John? What are you, what are you, who do you think? And, and which region of the country they need to be and what they need to look like? <laughs> I guess same. We had Michael Nelson as centre back. He was northern, was an old school centre back. I mean, obviously, I have more hair than perhaps Charlie. He was a handsome fella. Yeah, too much. He's too much hair for me. <laughs> beard. Um, I mean, I think I think I'm a big believer in the sort of Martin Allen philosophy that you need a strong spine um, to the team. So I think um, we probably need another cent- uh, central midfielder. Maybe, maybe someone who's a bit of a playmaker. Um, we definitely need a centre back, um, and I think right back's an area we're going to have to um, think about. The other thing I'd say is I think um, it would probably benefit the club a lot if we worked out what Harry Taylor's um, best position was. He's a fantastic player; he can play almost anywhere, which is great. I do worry a bit that he might end up in the similar going down the same path that Ishmael Yakubu did all those years ago which is where, because he could play anywhere, he never got a run in the team in one position. And he never, he just became a sort of permanent utility player and probably never kicked on as far as he could have done. And I think, apart from anything else with Harry Taylor, if we can work out where he plays, if he's a fullback, maybe he's a centre midfielder, maybe we even convert him to centre-back. But then that could potentially actually fill one of those positions that we've just been talking about where we've got a gap. I think the other thing... Sorry, sorry, can finish what you're saying? I was going to... The other thing I think we'll probably have to do is looking at our strikers. We've got about six who are really good and and it's great going into the playoffs to have that embarrassment of riches. In a world of kind of, um, you know, budgets and uh, salary caps, we probably might want to think, you know, are we we using our resources um, really efficiently if we've got six strikers? we probably might have to look to trim down there just because we, we want to free up some budget to, to plug one or two of the gaps in the starting 11 in the current position. We need to fund McCullum, wouldn't we? And um, I mean, just sorry, I, just, I wanted to switch to, to Rossi because obviously, Rossi, you know Harry Taylor since he was a kid. Where do you see him being? Where, where do you see his best position, in, uh, you know, to progress his future? Uh, defensive midfielder, without a doubt. I think he'll, he breaks up play, he can run, he can move, he can pass. Um, and he reads the game well. 
Uh, I know he played right back quite a bit, um, but it's it's not his position. I know in the youth team when we had him, he played right wing back or he played centre half throughout his youth career when he was at Chelsea before he came to us. Mm. He was a centre half. But I really think his best games uh, are in centre mid. And I think he, he came on against Wick and Wonders years ago for, for Martin. Um, and I think it was him and Cissé midfield away to Wickham. And he was class. <laughs> you could see, you know, he was only 17 at the time, but you could see that the more experience he gets playing in that position, the better he's going to get. And like I said before, Harry will, will, will do what you ask him to do. He's got a brain on him. Um, he's got a fantastic mentality. Um, and he'll, he'll, he'll go through people. He'll, he'll tackle. He, does he never shows pain, Harry. That's the good thing about him. You never show pain in training or in games. Well, I mean, I think one thing I spotted this season about him was his positioning. Always seemed to be anticipating where the ball's going to drop. And I thought, it's his brain. His brain is, seems to be the one thing that's, you know, that, that sets him apart a bit from some of the players we've had come through our youth system. Um, Carla, you know, asking you the same question, really. Um, where do you see the areas that we need to, um, we need to, you know, to, to plug, you know, in terms of improve? Uh, to, to push on as a team? Um, well, I think I agree with what everyone else has said, really. I think Paul McCallum is the key because, obviously, since John Akindi, we've had, like, we've been okay up front, but John Akindi worked for us. He's that big striker, intelligent, and I think Paul McCallum could be as good or as even better as John Akindi, personally. Um, so I think that's key. Um, now, obviously, since our departures, um, I think... We need a centre-back and a right-back, um, definitely. And I guess just um, kind of, we want to be creative, but also solid in midfield. And I think, obviously, Dunn and Harry Taylor, if we're playing Harry Taylor in midfield, do give, like, they are solid. But I think Dunn, obviously, um, he had that injury, so I don't know how fit he'd stay. So I'd kind of just be making sure we could back that up. But I like, for me... I love a squad that has both youth and experience. And I think we've got a bit of that right now because you can see like the younger players learning from the more experienced heads, but the more experienced ones are often like the solid ones and the young ones are the ones doing all the pretty runs and stuff. But you can also see them learning the game from the experienced runner. I think it just works so well personally. Yeah, I think it gives us every aspect of a good team. Yeah, no, it's true, actually, because I was actually, it was interesting as well. I'll bring up the Lee Harrison interview I listened to as well. And he talks about the fact that when he was at Barnet, you had Albert Adoma and Balassi, who were like really young, coming through, really talented young players. And then you had players at the end of their careers, like uh, Micah Hydes and stuff like that, who were coming. Whereas actually, we've got this interesting situation at the moment where we've got some experience, but actually some of the most experienced players in our team are like Mauro, Elliot. Yeah. And these guys, but they've got hundreds, of, they've got couple of hundred games under their belt, league, you know, league, league games and stuff um, to lead the side. So it's kind of like we've got players at some really good, like good ages um, and players with experience. So I kind of feel like if we can maybe augment it with a couple of players that are a couple of leaders. Um, and I agree with all of you, actually. I think wing-back, centre-back, a bit of creativity in midfield, just to, just to, you know, balance what we've already got in our squad. Um, so I'm going to... Wrap up a little bit with in terms of um, I've asked Rossi. Rossi thinks we're going to win 2 0. Carla thinks 2 1. Matt, what do you think? What's the score going to be on Saturday? 8 10. 
Eight ten, okay. Shit or bust for both teams, isn't it? I think two. This could be a bit like, just be basically like a Sunday match. Yeah, pretty much, mate. Yeah, no. Um, I think, do you know what? It's going to be tight. I think it will go penalties. Penalties. And who's going to win? Barnet, obviously. Okay, cool. Really need to. What are you right. playing at? You could, you could, you could, you could be so negative. You could be like they're going to lose on pens. Wow, that hurts, mate. So right, what about you, John? Um, I'm going to go three-two Barnet. I think I think there'll be some goals in that game. Um, teams are a little bit rusty. We look better going forward than at the back. Uh, I think we might we might go for quite a ballsy formation given our relative strength in terms of strikers. And got a feeling there could be some goals. So yeah, so we've lost Charlie, have we? Yeah, Charlie. Um, so Charlie is um, his, his laptop's ran out of battery and he can't find his charger. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, schoolboy error. Schoolboy, schoolboy error for a for a for a you know for a now experienced podcaster. But anyway, he reckons three one bees. That's what he reckons. Just sorry, just I just again I like to jump in, you know, I do. But the one, the best right back I've seen all season, if we could somehow nick him away, and it's from our best team, Stockport County. That's Sam Minion. He does not stop running. If we could nick him next season as a wing-back, full-back, then I think we'd be laughing down at Ryan's side. I just want to throw that in there. If anyone from Barnet is listening, make it happen. Oh, that's on, on. So that's a good little tip there. I'm going to have do some YouTube scouting now. And uh, hopefully his management company have got a, a video on, online because I've noticed most Barnet players have got a, uh, a little best-of hits. So I want to say... Huge thanks to everybody tonight for the contribution. It's been, I've really enjoyed it. It's been nice to chat about football again. Thanks ever so much, Rossi, Carla, Matt, John, Ian and Charlie for this. And um, fingers crossed for Saturday and up the bees. Cheers, man. Take care. Take care, everyone. Stay safe. Hello, everyone. Take care. Come on, Barnett!